Welcome to the LA Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliott here with my boys, Aaron and Iden Elliott. How are you gentlemen doing today? We're doing pretty good. Doing just fine. We have been out for a week and a half, well, more like two weeks. We've been in Japan. And today we're in a place called Samurai City, up in northern Japan. That's what they call this place. And we have seen lots and lots of, uh, you know, old Japanese homes and museums and shrines and temples. Overall impressions, gentlemen, starting with you, Aaron. Well, this place is really beautiful. It reminds me a lot of Vermont. It is. And, you know, this time of year, it really does remind me of, because we were in Vermont uh, two years ago and about this time. Lots and lots of green, lush green mountains. Very beautiful. Aiden, what are your thoughts? Uh, sort of fall weather right now. You know, it's a, it's getting there. Um, apparently in uh, Japan, the fall is very similar to uh, the north of, in the United States. I have to ask you about the hot springs because we're here and you walk downtown and you can see the steam coming out of the vents, like the out of the... There's a the small... Viaduct. Yes. Um we've we've actually done some we put our feet in they have these foot baths uh does that work aaron you and i did that right yeah we did do that yeah yeah it uh, i mean did you feel rejuvenated they say it has a rejuvenating effect no not really <laughs> not really um does your feet just smell like rotten eggs uh no actually it doesn't it, no it doesn't uh, it, have it, any of the sulfur the sulfur you're talking about yeah yeah northern japan is beautiful We'll get to that in a second, but first, uh, our question of the week, which is, we are going to talk about alienation and feeling like we're kind of not in the place where we belong during this podcast. So our question this week is, have you ever been to a place, have you ever visited a destination where you felt out of place, like totally like, oh, I don't belong here at all. Share that with us in the comments and we'll read your comments in the next podcast. We are going to do something called the lightning round because we've had two weeks worth of hotel hopping. And the lightning round is, I'm going to name the hotel. You give me the impressions of the hotel. So the last time in our podcast, we stopped. We were at the Palace Hotel in Tokyo. So gentlemen, starting with you, Aaron, what did you think of the Palace Hotel? I thought it was great, very modern, had a great location. It was right next to the Palace Gardens. Aiden, Palace Hotel? Very nice. I believe that one was in Rapungi, right? Yeah, it was um, in right near the. There was a was right near the Imperial, Imperial, Imperial Palace. Palace, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, and yeah, and then you had the two levels of subway station underneath with the malls. Yep, that was pretty interesting. Uh, our next stop was the Strings by IHG, also in Tokyo. What did you think of the Strings? The Strings. Let me think. Oh, that one was right next to... Another train station, right? Yeah, it was right next to another train station. And there was a lot of Japanese businessmen and women there. I remember right. that. So yeah. it was definitely aimed more towards that audience. Our next stop was the ANA Intercontinental in Tokyo. That one was in Roppongi, and I very much enjoyed that place. We were just walking distance from a mega donkey. That's not a big donkey. It's just a, a big Don Quixote, which is a very popular brand of store in japan yes. very great area that was my favorite area of all of tokyo and we were walking distance from the tokyo tower yeah and we have some pictures of the tokyo tower i will post those aaron your thoughts yeah exactly what he said <laughs> what he said i'll give you my thoughts this was an area that was really popular with foreigners we were in a hotel that was almost exclusively for 
foreign tourists. So we saw a lot of Americans. We even saw a couple of flight crews coming in from Airplane the United pilots. States. And Air Force pilots, too. And Air Force pilots, yes. Cabochico Tower was in the middle of the place where most Americans go when they go to Tokyo. Shinjuku. Shinjuku. Yes, Shinjuku. Yeah, very... Right. The, the hotel itself is very nice. You have a beautiful view of Shinjuku. You can see Shinjuku Crossing if your hotel room is high enough. And you can see the, the backside of the famous uh, Godzilla statue mm -hmm. in Shinjuku. Um, as for Shinjuku, we, we have our thoughts, but the hotel itself is incredible. Both of them. There were two hotels, yes. right? One is called The Groove. And the other is called the Bell Star. The Groove is the four-star property, and the Bell Star is the luxury upscale property. Yes. We stayed in both. Yes. Both really nice. Uh, the Groove has um, some very high-up rooms, but actually the Bell Star, the lowest room, is one level above the Groove. So it really is a, a step above. Uh, a step, literally, a literally. step, a floor above. I'd like to know about the star of our stay in at the uh, groove aaron please yeah. tell me more if you have the opportunity go to the groove because they've got robots and they'll bring you stuff if you do room service a robot will bring you room service if you ask for water it'll bring you water it was the most surreal thing you called and asked for water and um, i they called a while a while later and i answered the phone it was someone in japanese i thought okay well it was an automated voice i hung up and the next thing there was like a knock at the door and it was it was actually the, the doorbell rang and because the robot's so knocking you open it and it looks like r2d2 kind of and there was water in there it said please take the water and yeah. it was cute too yeah exactly from kabuchiko tower we went to northern japan by train we took something called the spatia x which is an unusual name for a train and but uh, but a beautiful train had just had just opened and we went up to nikko Nikko is the site of the G7 this year, I believe. And it's also a really big tourist attraction. They have a lake there, mm -hmm. which was kind of discovered by a Scottish guy 100 years ago. Interesting part of Nikko, if you walk down the town center of Nikko, you'll see more foreigners than Japanese people. Absolutely. We stayed at a place called Chuzengi Kanaya Hotel, built in the early 90s. Uh, Chuzengi. 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 Thank you. And... <laughs> It was built in the early 90s. It looks like a log cabin. And, of course, they have the hot springs there, too. Aaron, what did you think of that place? Well, I thought the Chuzenji Kanai was very interesting. Um, this is where we started getting into territory that did look a lot like the, uh, not Pacific Northwest, but rather the uh, like New England area. Yeah, it is, yes. And so yeah, it really did look like that there. It really did. And so they had hiking trails. They had temples. There was a very interesting temple there, which is noteworthy for the one reason that there was a famous Japanese artist that, and uh, he got his disciples to do some of the uh, some of the ceiling art. They're beautiful. And it's very beautiful. It's the only type that you, it's actually one of a kind. You don't see this often in uh, Shinto temples. From there, we went. Uh, we we toured a couple of the waterfalls and the hot springs. And they were absolutely gorgeous. I've never seen anything. The waterfalls are just absolutely incredible. Um, this is also a really good time of year. I should just interject to go here because tourist season is kind of over. A lot of tourists come during the summer. Now it's kind of off season. Um, and, and of course, high season in Japan is cherry blossom season. Everyone wants to come to see cherry blossoms in uh, March and April. Uh, I 
I would love to come back and see the cherry blossoms, but that we'll have to save that for much, much later. So anyway, things were starting to slow down, even though it was still pretty warm. From there, we went to a place called the Nico Kanaya Hotel, which is right in the middle of a beautiful Shinto shrine, Buddhist temples, beautiful museums, and this bridge, this red bridge that goes over the, the uh, river. The, the, I would say that the hotel itself was the main attraction there. It is a beautiful, it's almost a hundred years old hotel. And uh, we stayed there. We're very lucky to stay in a room that was, uh, it was absolutely, it was very, very Japanese. And as we, I think as we went on, things got more and more Japanese. So I'll show you a picture of that uh, in the podcast. But what did you guys think of that hotel? And what did you think of town? So that, that particular hotel was not really, it, it wasn't outstanding, except in the sense that it really was, uh, it was the highlight of that part of town. Mm -hmm. It was a perfect location. And for going and walking up and down the streets, that was the, sort of the place you wanted to be. It was also very close to a shrine which is why I think it's been so successful over the years. Huge shrine, yeah, yeah, very famous shrine. Um, then things got kind of interesting because we hopped on a train. We took a couple of trains way up into the countryside and we uh, stayed in, and in, in now, actually, this is where we are right now. So we're at a place called Konjakute, but that's Samurai City, and and we are we're in a hotel that is extremely Japanese. So, Aiden, what makes a hotel Japanese? Yeah, uh, so if you go to a hotel, oftentimes they'll have um, Western rooms, mm -hmm. which I don't know what the word is for, but I know that the word for uh, Japanese room is washitsu. And most hotels, um, or I should say commonly, hotels have both washitsu and western rooms and right now we're staying in a washitsu we definitely are and it basically it, it they separate the bathroom out so the toilet is separate from the shower which is separate from the uh sink and you have to have your shoes off at all times yep uh oh, wait, wait. i should say that when you walk into the hotel you take your shoes, you take off, your shoes off yeah and they give you slippers yeah. and then when you leave the hotel they give you your shoes back yeah exactly and then um there are sliding doors mm -hmm. that uh, some of them have paper, so you got to be very careful. The way that they cover it up is is with paper, um, and all basically all the doors are sliding. And at the end of the day, they'll put together your futon to sleep on. That's a bar, and uh, it's uh, really just it has that Japanese style. I think when people think of uh, Japanese homes, they think of the sort of room we're in right now. Absolutely. There is no bed in this room. At night, they come and put your bed down. It's a futon that they kind of roll and put on the floor. I'm sure there's a, a Japanese word for this. Maybe it is futon, okay? It's futon. It's Okay. <laughs> All right. So they put the futon on the floor and they make your bed for you. And in the morning, they come to take care of your room and clean and they remove the futon. And then there's also a like a tea set here and a very low-lying table and you you basically sit on the floor and uh, that's what a Japanese room is it's pretty interesting Aaron would you stay in a Japanese room again or is this kind of like just a cultural experience just this one time 
You know, I would like to say that it, it has some perks, you know. I like the fact that you can uh, roll away your bed and, and put it away. Oh, yeah, I, like I love that. that. You have, um, you have a, a good tea set, too. I like uh, all that. I think, though, that for me, it's just because I'm so used to standing and sitting as opposed to, uh, you know, sitting crisscross or whatever it is that uh, Japanese people do. I'm just not very flexible. And so really all of this is great except it just hurts right yeah actually i want to say this is um the the way that you're meant to sit um in these places yeah uh, or the way that's considered polite to japanese japanese people to sit um you guys might say oh it makes your legs numb but actually it's supposed to make your legs numb I didn't know this. Oh, I know what you're talking about. That's yeah. where your knees are folded and you're sitting kind of on your knees. Yes. So oh, yeah, my I, legs get numb. Uh, I don't know. I I was uh, I watch a lot of um, videos about Japanese culture and I just stumbled upon one of those recently. And uh, apparently, when you're meeting with, I think the shogun back in the day, you were meant to um, sit in a very uncomfortable way either with your knees or your legs crossed with your full foot on top of your left leg and um, it made your legs numb and it was meant to be a safety precaution in case somebody tried to assassinate I was either the shogun or the emperor huh very interesting I had never heard that but that would not surprise me the one thing I like actually about these Japanese style rooms is the way that you are saving space so there's no need to have a bedroom. You just roll out your bed at the end of the day. The only thing that I think is these futons are not the most comfortable. So I would get a futon made of memory foam. And I think that I could definitely sleep on the floor. <laughs> we are headed off to another place very soon. We're back to Tokyo soon and then we're off to Kyoto. I'm very excited about that. Uh, our question of the week again is, have you ever felt out of place where you are? Really, really out of place. And I wanted to explore that with you guys uh, in this next part of our podcast because we've been to all kinds of places, but there's nothing that compares to being in a hotel where they don't speak any English. And the really the only way of leaving the property is to walk out. Uh, we couldn't get a taxi uh, because there was some kind of a festival going on today. And I think that, you know, there is this feeling like, well, we're not in Kansas anymore here. We're really out in the middle of nowhere and uh, people are, you know, we're obviously not Japanese. How have you guys been dealing with this? I mean, I feel like this has been the biggest culture shock experience so far that we've had. I mean, nothing comes close to this. Really, everything's different in a way that has continued to be different mm -hmm. uh, throughout time, that is. And so I feel like I'm really grateful for this because I feel like and we've. it's not like we haven't traveled a lot, but I do feel that where we've gone, hasn't. it has not given us the opportunity to have an experience like this yeah. where there's a different interior design. There's a difference, it's, it's a very, very st striking difference in how people eat and what they eat, for example, yeah. uh, when there's a difference in the way basically everything is done. We're going to talk about the food in a second because I think I'm glad that you mentioned that. But you're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. 
So I wonder if I'm doing things wrong nowadays um, when I'm out or doing whatever, but I feel like it's just, uh, you, you sort of, you just do it and uh, you learn about the culture and you realize just how different you are from everyone else here. I couldn't agree with you more. We are very different from most people in our appearance. Also, uh, you're considerably taller than most people here. You're six foot two. Um, most Japanese people are much shorter than that. And so you kind of tower over everyone. Finding you in a crowd is easy. Like we go to Shinjuku Station and uh, where's Aaron? It's not a problem. We just look up. Aiden, <laughs> I want to talk to you about food because this is definitely your thing. We all love food, but you have studied Japanese for two years and you can actually have a conversation with some people in very limited Japanese. I mean, it's much better than ours, but you, uh, you know, Japanese is a hard language to learn. Japanese food, that's a whole, we could do a whole podcast on that. What have your impressions been of Japanese food while you've been here, particularly in the last two weeks? Well, um, it's been the same since the entire, for the entire time we've been here. So, um, well, we've eaten a lot of, uh, we've been to a lot of convenience stores and we've had, okay, what are our staples? What are the things that we like to eat? Well, uh, staples, there's, um, rice. Well, of course, everything's made out of rice, but what more rice specifically though, uh, we, there are these little triangles that we like to eat onigiri. called onigiri, right? Onigiri. Um, they mean something that's pinched, I believe. Yes. Cause nigiru means to pinch something. Um, and there's these uh, balls of rice that are pinched into the shape of a triangle and then they're covered with uh, uh, seaweed. Right. Dried seaweed. And they're really good. They're, they're filled with various different um, fillings like... Uh, like plum. Plum. And... You, can, uh, you can find yeah. salmon ones. Wasabi is my favorite. Wasabi. Yeah. Uh, there's also chili oil. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, miso. And then also, you can't forget the kelp and uh, soy sauce flavor. That one's really good too. And yeah, we've just been eating that and along with Inari Sushi, which is um, fried tofu skin uh, filled with rice. And uh, that all um, is doused with um, rice wine vinegar. Really good stuff. That's delicious, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And we've just been eating that for the last... <laughs> since we got here, really, we've just been eating that. It's hard yeah. for vegans. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, being hey, on a plant-based diet is difficult You here. can find it anywhere and it tastes yeah. pretty good. Yeah. What are some of the things that you guys still want to do? I would like to go to um, Universal and uh, see the... Uh, they have a Nintendo land there. Uh, and one of the areas is just uh, an entire um, Mario-themed area. And it looks exactly like the Mario game. It's very vibrant, very colorful. Overcrowded, obviously, but um, I would definitely love to see that. Well, we shall see. Aaron, any thoughts about what you'd like to do? For me, I think that I'd still like to uh, see if I can discover some more of the tea selection here. But right now I have too much tea as it is, so it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> We're to the section of the podcast where we discuss your comments. And we had some comments last week on when we just first arrived in Tokyo. Uh, we skipped last week, actually. So this is the week before because actually I was a little bit sick and uh, couldn't do a podcast. And so we have some comments. Let's see if I can find them. 
Last week's question was, tell us your favorite story about getting lost on vacation. Bonus points if uh, it happened in Tokyo. And we had a lot of comments about that one. Carol says, uh, just got home from Tokyo a few days ago. She says the train lines can be quite confusing. Google Maps did a great job of helping us figure out which ones to take and where to get on and off. Don't know if we just got lucky, but Tokyo was amazing. So not quite a get lost story, but she if she, it hadn't been for uh, Google Maps, she might have gotten lost. Uh, Bob uh, says, getting lost in Tokyo is easy. Japan is definitely a unique place in the world. The only place I regret getting lost was Beirut <laughs> several years ago. It's not the place to get lost. <laughs> not the place to get lost. When I got to the hotel, I was told there were areas I walked through that were probably not safe. Probably not, Bob. Kyra says, uh, I thought it was funny to hear that the boys had blamed each other for getting lost in Tokyo. Since I travel alone, I haven't had that option. Uh, I'm usually pretty good about figuring out which directions to go in. Um, and another option is always to say, Siri, where am I? Kyra has a great comment. Uh, you can read the rest of it on the uh, site from last week. George says, I feel for you. Uh, I was in Sapporo for a conference a while back, and my colleague and I went out for a walk. The signs were all in Japanese. No dual language signs there. We've seen that also up here in northern Japan. And we couldn't have gone that far from the hotel, but realized we had no idea how to get back. We walked around for two hours until we finally recognized a park near our hotel and uh, finally made it back. It's a challenge, all right. We love your comments. We've got a couple more there if you'd like to read them. Uh, we will read yours from this week on our site next week when we do our podcast. Thanks so much for joining us for the LA Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliott here with Aaron and Aiden. Boys, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Good.